I'm Yasi Salik, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer SC. <laughs> no, it's not Ringer SC anymore. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Hello and welcome back. <laughs> Pull up. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Isok Konga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, man. We got there in the end. Take 976. Oh my we did goodness. it. We've been recording for an hour and a half just on the intro. We have. You know why? We're perfectionists. Are we, though? I am. I'm, de- I'm a perfectionist. I am. I am. I, yes, am. I, I, I disagree. It's going to be one of them today, huh? It is. It is. It's always one of those. <laughs> how are you, man? Very well, thanks. Very well indeed. You look, you look How are you? Well. I'm in a good place. I'm in a state of grace. I'm in Berlin. Wow. Rhymes like dimes. Wow. Look at it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I wish I could say the same, Musa, because literally this construction cloud continues to follow me around and it's start, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, Musa, it's starting to starting to grind my gears a little bit. Oh dear. You know that meme of like one one normal day of Barclays, that's all I asked for kind of thing the content yeah, yeah. i'm just one yeah. normal day of recording that's all i asked for that's all i asked for there's the construction actually started it started um in the last like five minutes of brighty's house i know i know it hadn't had, been any oof. for months and all of us just yeah. say through havoc in the edit it was like getting it was like going down to nine men it's yeah. like going down to nine players in stoppage time when you need to hold on to the lead it was like, are we gonna get there it was are wild it started there? right at the end didn't it yeah can but we still, make it Persevere. Uh, we hope everyone else is staying safe, staying well. Um, quick bit of admin. The ad, check, did you? J- b- b- I can I can barely speak because I can barely believe it. A newsletter went out this week. A Stadio newsletter. It did. It did. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, go to stadio.football. Scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in, and um, we will try to do these at least once a month now. But we'll keep it pretty spam free. If this, we only really like to send them unless we've got, um, you know, if we've got stuff to say. And the ringer.com forward slash soccer. I'm sure there will be a piece going up soon um, written by my esteemed co-founder who is sat opposite me digitally, Musa Kwonga, who is a Royal Society of Literature in London. And <laughs> therefore God, he must write. still doing this. Listen, I will fucking, I will <laughs> cheerlead. I've got no, I don't care. Getting cooked. Listen, <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm just, I'm just a vessel for the listeners. 
That's what they all want to do. They all want to. They want to see Musou Konga blush. So that's why. That's my job. They don't. That's my job. Everyone's listen. Everyone sees me around her. No one sees you. <laughs> that's a good reason for that. That's the truth. Listen. That's the truth. That's that's the truth. Do you even live here? Fucking rise so say. <laughs> it's a bit. That's what it is. It's not a bit. I just. <laughs> the jig is up. Anyway, uh, let's go on to today's show. It, it's, we're going to talk about the Champions League. There was a lot already sorted, but it still threw up some some fun stuff and a little bit of drama. So let's get into it after this. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, well, let's do some stuff that was probably when as you thought it would go. Chelsea beating Dinamo Zagreb at home. Yep, yep. Uh, but after going into goal down, which um, yep. I was a little bit like, hmm, is this going to be one of those nights for Chelsea? I mean, they were heavily rotated. Um, yeah, and they, I mean, to be honest, coming just coming through, getting the, they 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 were already they were already top of the group basically. They only needed a point, I think, to to secure top, and um, just mm-hmm. getting through. Group winners, job done. Really solid group for them, I think. Really solid. Yeah, I mean, actually. given all the transitions. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, with that early scare as well against Zagreb. Um. Salzburg rarely need need to be asked twice to kind of take up take advantage of perceived weaknesses in the Champions League. They've caused you know yep. they've caused some people some trouble over the last couple of years, and um, and then obviously Milan champions champions of Italy. So yeah, uh, Chelsea going through group winners, but uh, lost Ben Chilwell in this game who. I actually thought was having a blinder up until the point he went off. God, that man with injuries is just... I'm really worried about... I'm really worried about it, you know. It's awful. It's awful. I'm really, really worried because it looked extremely bad. We're recording this uh, before we've had any news on the Chilwell injury, but it looks like... I mean, he had to basically be helped off. Um, Which... didn't look good. Um, this is so sad because I think a fully fit Ben Chilwell is England's mm, best left back. Mm, it's just only because, not because Luke Shaw's not brilliant, I'm not saying that, it's just that Ben Chilwell has no obvious weaknesses. Yeah, I agree. I but think none. he's just, the yeah, the injury stuff for him has been a real shame because I think he gives he gives Chelsea yeah. so much down that left-hand side, even with the, the signing of Marco Correa. Yeah. Uh, he gives them a lot yeah. more flexibility, especially if they want to play a back three or a back four or switch. And the same with England. And I just think he gives. Yeah. He's a. He's such a. Hmm, I don't know. I think he's he's probably the best England left back in terms of being a what's the word I want to say like multi-disciplined, multi-disciplined, multi-talented. You know, he kind of like his his skill set yeah. is a lot more spread. I think than than yeah, a lot yeah. of the other options England have there. Can attack. Can defend. Can sit deep, can create, can score. You know, kind of like seven out of ten everywhere with some peaks. I would say eight. I would say eight. Well, I, think I think he's. I think he's elite, man. Eight's everywhere. Listen, <laughs> I genuinely think he's one of the best left backs in the world. Yeah, when it's fully not fit, even, it's I would, not even. No. That's not even a controversial. That's not a controversial shout. I think it didn't look good. I mean, I remember I was saying in the Wrights House group, seeing a couple of players who have gone off like that with a hamstring, and. Mm. Whereas a hamstring strain when people limp off can sometimes be weeks. That looked 
like it's potentially months. It looked yeah, pretty yeah, severe. Yeah. So fingers crossed for him, especially ahead of the World Cup. Goal for Raheem Sterling as well. And a goal for Dennis Zakaria, who then went off injured as well with a knock. Yeah, hope he's okay. Yeah, me too. But uh, good to see him playing. Yeah, he needed his place in the sun for sure. In the other group game, Milan beating Salzburg 4-0. An Olivier Giroud masterclass. What other kind is there? You know my thoughts on this man. Giroud FC. Listen, two goals for Olivier Giroud, two assists. I mean, he's just an, he's an all-round, oh, I don't know, man. I can't, we, can't, we can't make this podcast about Olivier Giroud because we need to make it primarily about Eintracht Frankfurt and that Spurs group. To be honest. That's but true. I just love that he's, he's now actually at somewhere where he is like the main man and I think fully appreciated for who he is as a player because yeah, constantly so, yeah, disrespected. Was he up front in our disrespected 11? Uh, I think he was. I think he was. That's changed. That calculus has very quickly changed now, I think. I think Maybe with, we need to revisit it. With his goal, I think him sealing that Serie A title mm. and that run he went on towards the end of the season, I think that's kind of ended it. I think he's got his respect mm. now. So that's it from Group E. Uh, should we go to Group D? Let's do it. This group was all over the place. Spurs end up going through as group winners. They beat Marseille 2-1 away. Mm. Uh, Spurs are basically, I feel like we're repeating the same patterns with Spurs. And, I th- and that's because I think Spurs are repeating the same patterns consistently in mm. a lot of their games this season. Quite poor in the first half, if not poor overall. Much better in the second half. Like we saw this, this is basically the same as what they were like against Bournemouth. But I think they were probably a little bit Worse, I think, in, for the circumstance in the first half. You know, it's funny here, though. Huge credit to them because recovering from that disappointment in the last round of the mm. Champions League, you know, again, the last match day, the, the sport to lose, to miss out on the injury time winner and to come back with another mm. one here and beat Marseille 2-1 in Marseille. That is incredible resilience. That's the stuff of a team that has the potential to go deeper in this tournament. And what's interesting with this is Hoybier and Bentancourt have started scoring goals. That is really, yes. really, that was what they, that's exactly, you know, we talked to all the time about this, like does Spurs need an extra creative midfielder? If they don't get one, they need more goals from midfield and both those players have stepped up and they haven't just stepped up with like the fourth goal in a 4-0. They've stepped up mm. with the goals. and the, Yeah, yeah. The, the fact that Hoybier uh, like hit the bar 10 minutes before scoring, that brilliant finish, like, they're not shot shy either. These aren't like fluke things. No. These, these, are, these, are not, these are not bugs. These are features. So now you've got a Spurs midfield that's actually scoring goals. And that is, it's funny because not, Spurs have had a pretty traumatic month um, on and off the field. Obviously losing uh, a much beloved member of staff, some bad results, some unlucky results. And we talked about Spurs not getting the luck. And it wasn't, it wasn't they had the luck against Marseille, and that's unfair. It's that they, things have slightly run for them in this last game. Put it this way, there's a lot of teams you do not want to face as second place finishers in, the, in this Champions League. Oh my God, yeah. And they dodged yeah. a big bullet. Spurs dodged a big bullet here. They really did, I think. I mean, I think they did have a little, a little bit of luck, with, especially with that Kolasinac chance. Mm, yeah, yeah. To put Marseille ahead, which was so huge. It was really interesting because I said this before, I think about some Spurs fans that I follow on Twitter and, you know, they all seem like a very sensible bunch. For the past few weeks, there's been a very similar pattern to how things are going. They're all like, this is awful. It's just so bad what we're watching right now. And then it's just like, yeah, actually we were much better in the second half or this was better or this was good. But overall, consider it's Antonio Conte. They've not shied away from spending. They, and they didn't have a shabby Mm. squad to, to begin with. They've been struggling through, uh, actually, to be honest, a little bit like Chelsea with some key injuries. And they've been kind of struggling mm. through that period. Any calls for Conte to, to, to go or something like that, which I've not, I've not seen any blatant ones like basically saying like this guy has to go, but I've seen a few people hinting at it. Mm. I just don't think you can do that until you get everyone fully fit again. Because Kulosevsky, for example, was such a major part of how Spurs played. Right. And the, right. like the addition of Richarlison as well has been something that initially looked amazing for Spurs and took the heat off Kane and Son. Now Son's form, I think, has been concerning overall this season, but I don't think, I mean, goal-scoring form specifically, he took a nasty-looking injury mm. in this game as well. He's had a fracture around his eye, so he's, he's got to undergo surgery on that, which it Awful. looked nasty, really nasty. And, you know, if they lose him now for the period before the World Cup, I'm not sure what the time frame is on that injury. Then... 
again, that's another key player that they've lost. I think again for Spurs, for Spurs, Spurs are very much like a, a, in an Arsenal mode at the moment. I think this is a this is the next stage of an evolution under a new manager. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's and I fair. think if if Conte has the patience, then Spurs fans should probably, or then I think Spurs fans should probably have the patience because while the football might not be unbelievable, I do think there are reasons that you could point to. And you can see a direction of travel. And that's not, yeah. You can see a plan. You can, yeah, for sure. But I think that what what Conte really needs to do is that when everyone is back and fit after the World Cup, he needs to make sure that they are a hell of a lot more effective than they they have been. Mm. Because I think for, with all of the attacking talent that Spurs do have, I don't think people, I think people will run out of patience very, 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 very quickly if they don't see a bit of an improvement in terms of performances. That's fair. That's fair, I think. Yeah, yeah. But this group was was wild. It was yo-yoing everywhere, and they ended up basically, obviously, like we mentioned, that Hoybier goal at the end, which which sealed top fo- top spot for Spurs, um, and left Marseille completely out, which was a bit of a shock because I think they they expected at least maybe a Europa League spot. But you've got to finish strong. I, yes and no. I mean, look, I loved what Sporting did at the same time. Yeah. Sporting ran out of steam. They started this group, what, with two wins and then like got a draw and three losses in the last four games. Yep. And that's just... I mean, the, the, the thing that I love about this group in a way is, is the goal difference. So Spurs top plus two, Eintracht second minus one, mm. Sporting third minus one, Marseille bottom zero. Like just no one it's, wanted to... That says yeah, everything. Just an absolute grind of a group. 10,000 years from now, alien civilizations will look at this group and be like... What the hell? Like, <laughs> they run straight to the highlights for this. This is, it's one of those groups, it's one of the few groups where the stats actually tell the whole story. Yeah, for sure. You know, if we, if we look quickly at Eintracht Sporting, Eintracht, for them to be here at this stage, this is like, they haven't been here since like, what, for decades? To get the knockout stages as well is... It's unbelievable. And credit to them as well, because they beat, um, they beat Sporting 2-1. Yeah. And the impressive thing about this was, if you watch this game, it's so interesting because every single, it felt like every single physical confrontation or pressing confrontation in the first half, it felt like Eintracht were like winning the arm wrestle in terms of every time there was a contested ball. It was so strange. It was so, it was, it's so well contested this first half in terms of being even. Mm. It's like one of those martial arts fights where both fighters are trying to punch each other and they're yeah. punching each other's fists, like fists, because they're just so like matched. They're like literally hitting they're like mirroring each other. And the thing about Eintracht was Sporting were overwhelming them. Even the goal that they got basically came from the Arto scoring, them just being overwhelmed in lots of, 50, like three 50-50s they lost and then like uh, Sporting score. The second half, they flipped it. They brought in Sebastian Roder, who had a superb game and they just won. It was actually very similar. In terms of momentum, it, was, it felt like the, um, the 2013 Champions League final between... Mm. Dortmund, uh, Bayern, Bayern, where Bayern yeah. like slowly took, like, like, you know, Xavi Martinez, where he slowly took control of the midfield. Yeah. Rhoda did that. Rhoda slowly took control. And by the end, like Eintracht's victory, it was funny because even the goal they scored was like the um, Osimhen's winner against uh, Roma, mussing yeah. a player aside, hammering it in the corner. And it was like, it was one of those games where every single decisive moment felt like the balance of play. Sporting took the lead on the run of play, absolutely right. And when Eintracht took the lead, it was like they were building towards it. And I think that Glasner, we talked about Glasner's coaching before, it was at Wolfsburg before, it was brilliant with them, Champions League. Glasner's coaching, the way he's blended youth and experience in this squad is just, is spectacular. You've got the old heads. They're mega fun, like, Yeah, they're, 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 exactly. They're, they're, you know what they are? They, people talk a lot in football about the group, the dressing room. Actually, Conte is a big, big advocate of like, What's the group like? What's the, not just the first 11, the squad. The Eintracht Frankfurt squad is like in a perfect balance of harmony. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just really sad that Kostic isn't there to enjoy it, to be honest. To be um, honest, he might be as well, actually. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because he went, it's his big move to Juventus and Eintracht is like, it's where Juventus want to be, where they should be. I mean, Eintracht are higher in the table than Juve and... They're through to the Champions League knockout stages. And Juve. Wild, isn't it? 
Juve are in wow. the Europa League. We'll talk about Juve in a little bit. Um, one of the most chaotic people in the Stadio universe, Conley Joe. I just said, can <laughs> we spend the entire episode just giving Frankfurt love? And I think that the thing about, I think Frankfurt this season are going to be everyone's Ajax from a few years ago. Where, okay, right. Because, I mean, maybe Brugger will if they get through, but I don't think they will. I think the thing about Eintracht is that you have this... Eintracht, I think, are seen as like a grand old club of Europe, even though yes. they've never really had the, the, the major European success. Mm. They seem like a big regal institution, weirdly. Yes. You know, especially because of those days against Real Madrid and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, that's right. In the great final, yeah. You know, a club outside of Leipzig, Dortmund and Bayern from Germany making a bit of a run in the Champions League. And to be honest, probably outside of like Wolfsburg and Leverkusen as well, really. If you think about it. Yeah. Um, it's quite easy for neutrals to get on board with Eintracht. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like, right, it's yeah. like Freiburg and Union going through neutrals from outside of Germany getting on board with that. Yeah, I think it's really exciting for the Bundesliga. I think it's really exciting for football in general. And I think Oli Glasner just deserves so many props because he stepped out of Wolfsburg in a situation where he could have gone and played Champions League football and he, and he took the Eintracht job and played Europa League football and won it for him. And just has this... I mean, and they were, they were ropey in the league last season and I think a lot of that was down to them prioritising the, uh, the Europa League. Yes, yes. And this season, what they've managed to do so far in the early stages is maintain a bit of stability in the league. You know, they're not far off the Champions League spot. Um, and if they can marry that up with a deep run in the Champions League, well, to be honest, even if, if, they get, if they get PSG or someone like that in the next stage, although they're not going to get PSG, they might get Benfica, who we'll talk about. If they go out to Manchester City, for example, no one there is going to be like, oh, we should have gone further, we should have gone further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they can maintain a push in the in the league, if if Glasner can get them back in the Champions League via the league this season, he's kind of untouchable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, goodness. I mean, this is a golden age again for them. This is really exciting. I hope so. The thing is, Eintracht. Oh, well, just generally, like the results, the Pokal from the Pokal onto the Europa League to this. Mm. As an Eintracht fan, like my friends were Eintracht fans, I've never seen them happier. And what's also interesting, I would say, is um, over two legs, they're a nasty proposition for anyone. Mm-hmm. For anyone, like no one wants mm-hmm. to read because Glasner's tactical nows. I mean, they could go out next round because the strength of the other teams, but they could go deep. Yeah. No reason why not. Obviously, Brugger going through for the first time in their history, but I think for me, Eintracht is the story of the Champions League group stage. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. Was there anything else you want to talk about with Eintracht? Or? No, no, all good, all good. I'm just glad to see Mario Goetze having such a good time. Oh, I know, right. And he's reached, he's reached that, um, there's a weird thing that happens like when, when Walcott's law takes full effect and then you also start actually noticing that player aging. Yes, 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 yes. When baby Too faces hard. stop becoming baby faces, it's very, very, it's very strange. Anyway, let's take a break. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, should we talk about Benfica? Because... How the hell they topped this group? <laughs> no fucking idea. <laughs> and they deserve <laughs> so many props. We had a couple of questions about this. Quan said, Benfica, how good? And we had um, another one from Andre, who I think messages us every time Benfica do something good. He said, <laughs> how much more do you need to admit that Benfica is the best team in the world? They're not investing <laughs> in the world. Rafa Silva is the best footballer in the universe. He's the best. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what his variants are like. What? <laughs> Absolutely spectacular, Benfica. So, so good. And deserving of all credit. When they played against PSG, it wasn't just containment. They generally went on the attack. They actually really had a go at PSG. And that was the key. Those two draws laid the foundation for them uh, to go through top of this group. Um, and mm. to dispatch Maccabi Haifa like that, 
I mean, maybe Maccabi Haifa were a bit demotivated because they knew they were bounced out of the Champions League contention, but still, like PSG really struggled. Away, yeah, I mean, they, PSG put way, three past them. But like not three that came easily. They weren't no. dominating early. You look at that game, that was very even early and Benfica ran away with this from, from quite early on. And I think what's impressive about their whole, their whole form is it wasn't just that they won this game, it's that they gave other people blueprints for how mm. to handle not only teams like Maccabi, but teams like PSG. People be re-watching the draws with PSG and Benfica and being like, oh, here's where the weaknesses are. Because mm. PSG tried to steamroll them and weren't getting any luck, any, any vibes off that. So they're outstanding, fully deserve this, what, like goal difference? Yeah, so they like won. So they, they, so they went through because they had the same goal difference as PSG, and they went through because they scored nine, more yeah. away goals. It's unbelievable from them. PSG can't be happy with this because they've made this harder than it should be. They've made this next round harder than it should be. I mean, who can they face? Because they can face City. They can face Real Madrid. They can face Chelsea. They can face Spurs. They can face Bayern. That's Porto, horrible. That's a bad, bad Napoli. outcome. That's a bad, bad outcome for them. They should have been in a situation where, look, these are all quarterfinal matchups. These aren't second round matchups. Mm. And that's on them. And that's because Benfica were just so good. They were amazing, man. Obviously, you know, I don't want to be biased or anything. We have teams that we'd like to see go through just pu- purely because of who they are or like, um, you know, I mean, neither of the teams we support are in, are in the <laughs> Champions League this season. <laughs> so it, we don't, you know, we are neutrals in that sense. And, um, but there are obviously, you know, for example, it's a real shame to see Celtic go out of Europe completely. Um, but then again, it's great that Shakhtar have progressed to the Europa League, um, yeah. especially with everything they've got going on at the moment. Then on the other side of that, Shakhtar could have made it out of the group. You know, they they haven't won a game. They've only won one game and they still... Shakhtar the, met, they met, you know. Yeah, they, they met, met their nemesis. They met their nemesis. They met the thing they were trying to... They, they were met the thing they were threatening to be all group. They yeah. met the real deal. RB Leipzig on the counter. Marco Rosa understands exactly what he's got there. He understands the players he's got. Mm-hmm. And they are, they are demonic. RB Leipzig are demons on the counter. Um, the speed, the thought, the flexibility of attack. Man, they're, they're a problem. I mean, we can... That group was kind of pretty much... We expected that to be wrapped up as it was. So Real Madrid going through top. Um, RB Leipzig second, Shakhtar will go into the Europa League and Celtic will be out of Europe entirely. I think Celtic, they took a bit of a hammer in Madrid 5-1. There was, it was penalties galore in that first half though. Um, I was not expecting Madrid to maintain the intensity they did. I must admit yeah. I was surprised by the fact like I don't know if we've seen in Madrid this mean in the Champions League for a while. We've seen them hang in there but in a group stage they, they look quite laser seen- focused now. Huh? They looked mean, Ryan. Mm. Like fighting fit. You know those boxers like a month out before the fight mm. and like there's not a gram of fat on them. They looked lean. Valverde scoring another banger from distance. This is just what he does now. Oh, well, we had a question on Valverde. Yeah. Um, from yeah, yeah. KKS Jareff, who said, does Freddy Valverde only score missiles from outside the box? Is he Dejan Stankovic reincarnated? And I was just like, if there was ever someone who was trying to get Moose's attention with a question. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. There it is. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> that's not a real question. That's, <laughs> that's a chat up line. So that's exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. That's my love language. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's a really great comparison um, yeah. with Stankovic. I think that Valverde is even more versatile, funnily enough. And Interesting. Very Valversatile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a joker. Versatile. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, he's spectacular. And just Madrid are Madrid are fighting fit. Yeah, they no look good, wants, man. No, yeah, nobody yeah. wants that problem. Nobody wants that problem. And even using Rodrigo as the nine, things like this. Like, I know. Asensio coming back into the mix. And they've managed to transition away from Casemiro just perfectly. No, no, it, much better than I thought they would, to be honest. Do you know what? It, made, it, it makes you realise when you actually step back how stacked Brazil are for the, for the World Cup. Dude, they're like... Like they're going to be a problem, man. They're going to be a problem. Scary. Um, scary we need to scary. go back to Group H, though. Before uh, let's wrap that group. So Madrid, uh, Madrid through, Leipzig through. Um, they beat Shakhtar four 0 away to to secure that second spot. Shakhtar into the Europa League, which I just think that the fact that they're progressing through 
with everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's them. great. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Celtic, I don't know what people expected or hoped for them for that group. It's just a bit of a, it's a bit of a shame they got such a tough draw because I think that group is tough. Whoever that fourth yeah, team yeah, was yeah. going to be brutal, in those three. Um, although Luka Modric has taken a penalty against Joe Hart. I was just like, this 2010 Premier League all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. fucking yes. <laughs> it was like watching Premier that League a, years. That is a real record scratch moment. That yeah. is a huge record scratch moment. Joe Hart and like Luka Modric, like, oh, that guy from Spurs. Oh, he really, he became something big. Um, Which guy from Spurs? Oh, Modric. I was just saying because Hart was there, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah, true, true. Oh, before I forget. God, that fell flatter than a James Corden ripoff. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, stop. Right, let's go back to, <laughs> let's go back to group age. Because, Can I just say very quickly um, on, on, on Celtic? On. Celtic, just in, in Celtic's defence. Yes. They faced arguably the three best counter-tracking sides left well in the in the tournament or in the group stages. Leipzig, Madrid, and Shakhtar, three of the best displays of counter-attacking I've seen in the last couple of years. And Celtic had to face that. And it was the thing that caught them, to be honest, in the yeah. early stages of that that group. So yeah, no not a nice outcome for them, but I think the circumstances are very much mitigating. You know, that that's as tough a group as you can get. Yeah, I agree. Um It'd be like kind of going after Copenhagen for not getting out of that group or getting into Europe exactly, in that group yeah, as exactly. well. I think it's just yeah, and that's, such a tough ask. Let's go back to Group H quick because we need to talk about Juve. Do you think that yes. this is probably the starkest um, or clearest picture of where Juve are actually at? Because yes. I think going up against PSG or comparing their form in, compared to PSG is probably not where they're at. It's a bit, but maybe five years ago you could do that. You can't now. But I think the way that they, the fact that they only beat, they only won one game. They only picked up points in one game and that was at home to Maccabi Haifa. Juventus lost, lost five, five matches. Of the other games. They lost five matches in the Champions and it's the, League group stages. It's the ones, it's the one against, it's the ones against Benfica, I think for them will just be like, I, I think actually that, because you can compartmentalize, like, compartmentalize early league form, I think, yes. because sometimes people just get off to a random start. I think that they've got a real problem. I think I know that people like Chiesa are coming back and there's still a little bit of figuring out to do. Obviously, we know they're missing Paul Pogba as well, but I don't think Paul Pogba shifts the, the needle gigantically for Juve this season. Allegri cannot continue much longer. I just no, I don't see it because minus four goal difference in the group stages of the Champions League and you lose five games, there's not a universe in which they were going to get through. Mm-hmm. Not a universe. They've dropped out of the elite pack and it's not just Allegri's you know, responsibility. Yeah. There's recruitment issues, there's a squad, there's an unbalanced squad, all the rest of it. But this is it's the worst Juventus I've seen in a good while. Yeah, in I, mean, a I, good th- while. I mean, imagine three or four years ago, maybe four years ago, Juve didn't look anywhere near being as beatable as they've become. Yeah. When you fall out of the top pack in Serie A, if you see how well coached those teams are and well resourced, they're not, they don't have as much money as Juve, but those teams above Juventus in Serie A specifically have worked out that if you actually like recruit well, scout well and have good coaches, you can make up the difference pretty fast. And for them to get back into that elite pack, it's not going to be as easy for them as they think. Because no. look who you've got. You've got Sarri at Lazio. You've got Mourinho at Roma. Uh, Spalletti over there, Gasparini. You've got like elite coaches above you with well-balanced squads. Purely. If Juventus suddenly decide to like recruit well, they're not just going to suddenly walk back into Champions League spots. They won't. They could be in the wilderness for a little while, actually, if they're not careful. They need to get a handle on this. Because the thing about the uh, Super League, for me, the way I look at it more and more now is, you know in the UK when you've got these hereditary peers who go into like the House of Lords and you can't get rid mm. of them? Yeah. Juventus wanted that. That's our Super League. You know, you get into that and you can't get out. And it, basically it's a kind of like, there's a lot of very good politicians in the House of Lords, but there's also a lot of mediocrity. And Juventus are basically like, let's cash in our historical chips while we're still, we've got the heritage, the heritage tag. Because Juventus at this point, and this, I hate to say this, this is the first Champions League where people were not afraid of the heritage. We'd seen the threat of it in previous years, but people in this group did not play Juventus the name, they played the team. And you see it in Serie A as well. People are not playing Juventus with respect anymore. It's like what happened to Manchester United. Your aura oh, goes. So funny you said that because I was literally about yeah. to say they're in danger of becoming the Manchester United of Serie yeah. Your aura goes, and then when it's gone, it's very hard to get it back. Really, it's very it hard really to be afraid is, of you again. 
Yeah, it really yeah. is. I mean, here's a question for you. Who's lost their identity more, Atleti or Juventus? Ooh, okay, I think right, I, yeah. I, 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 there's, you know, in terms of like, I mean, and I know this is not a knock on Atleti. It's like if Atleti, Atleti need to define themselves again and Juventus need to, and they're, they're on kind of, they're on different journeys, different arcs. At the same time, there are some common threads there. The thing with Atleti is at least they, Atleti falling out of the, out of Europe altogether is just. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for them this season. I think this is actually a good thing for them. Yeah, yeah. But they do need to really, really figure it out. This is funny. Jasmine Baba, uh, shout out to her, doing some fantastic analysis on German football at the moment. One of the best in, in Europe at that. Jasmine Baba posted a really interesting graphic about how the peak players at Atleti are not getting the most minutes. Mm. And there's not really a settled 11. And this mm. is the thing. Does he know what his best 11 is? I'm not yeah, sure. No, I, 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 I certainly don't. I think that someone like Marcus Lorente is a victim of his own versatility. I think that because he can play everywhere, he does play everywhere. And that's also partly a problem because we're just seeing, you know, just this constant rotation. You watch Atleti every week and you don't know. The thing with Atleti before, Atleti, you could virtually name the team sheet and now yeah. you, you can't. And not in a good way. That's yeah. not in like a tactically yeah, not, versatile not a way. way either. That's just because I think, yeah, yeah. it just doesn't, nothing seems settled there. I almost think they, they, they signed a few too many players in positions they didn't need mm. and they sacrificed a little bit of uh, stability because of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, by Leverkusen going through to the Europa League, uh, they, they had a draw with Club Brugge. Um, just quickly on that Aleti thing, I think, you know, them losing 2-1 in Porto now is not a surprise. It's almost expected and I think that's a, that's a sign. Yeah. Um, and that's no disrespect to Porto because Porto, I mean, uh, we've seen them again, like we mentioned before with the Portuguese sides doing well in Europe. Yeah, they're just a brilliant team. They're a brilliant team. Very good team. Yeah, they're really, really good and I think they massively deserve through, to go through as group leaders. Brugge going through in second place and Leverkusen, yeah, through to the Europa League and I think that's great for Xabi Alonso as well. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Group G, very, very quickly, Man City winning and securing top spots. We knew already. Uh, Dortmund drawing in Copenhagen, one all. Torgan Hazard goal when the Dortmund Twitter admin had an absolute worldie. <laughs> Posting the Shaq meme, but changing his waistcoat and shirt into Dortmund colours with a little Dortmund badge on, which was just so good. So good, so good. Can I say for, uh, for Man City very quickly, just a quick shout for Rico Lewis, who got the opener. Yeah. For City, 17-year-old right back. Overlapping. <laughs> like like Cafu, prime Cafu. <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very uh, I don't know I I'm not I'm not massively wild about seeing people born in 2005 already scoring goals in the Champions League. <laughs> I just don't. I just I mean, usually I'm okay with stuff like this, but my ego is is very feels very fragile. My just my and so does my body. To be honest, I have to see. <laughs> <laughs> 2005 was. Already wasting my twenties in London, so yeah. Ooh. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Rico. Oh, it's better than wasting your thirties in Berlin. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so Sevilla going through to the Europa League, which means they're probably going to win it. Yes, <laughs> knowing them, knowing them, that's going to be a hell of a tournament this year. It is. Group C was already awesome. done and dusted yeah. beforehand. Bayern going top into second, Barca into Europa League. Let's wrap on Group A because we had some questions mm. on Group A. This one from Stokes the eighty four. How scared will Super League will the Super League clubs be of Napoli? And he's just attached a gif of Omar walking through when everyone running off from the wire. I hate to be um, a party pooper, but Napoli need to go big this year because a lot of those players are going to be targeted aggressively in summer. Like already, it's slightly distasteful. And I say this as someone that like you know supports Manchester United that looks at other clubs and goes, "Oh, we like to buy that player," but like just. It's unseemly the speed with which people are looking to clear the decks of the Napoli playing squad just because they're so good. Mm. And the really, the really sad thing about this Napoli squad is we're not going to see it together for multiple seasons. But that's a credit to their brilliance. The thing They've is, been though, outstanding in this group stage. Yeah. Sorry to cut in, but I think the thing is, is Go that if they, there are a lot of players who have signed, who who have arrived recently. And I think mm. the thing is, if they win the league this year, for example, and they go deep in the Champions League. With everything that's been going on at the moment around Europe mm. and how and we've seen how quickly people have made moves a little bit too soon, or and mm. that it's not worked out massively. Why, yeah. like, why would you? Why would you go? You know, at well, least you'd, I. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know that everyone wants to. You know, all players want to play for quote unquote the biggest clubs in the world. But if you look at Serie A this season and how those clubs have performed against the rest of Europe. They're top of that league. 
Yeah. The league is getting deeper and it's a really fun league to play in. Living in Naples and playing football doesn't seem like a wild life to me. It doesn't seem like a, doesn't Compl- seem like a too shabby yeah, a life. If someone tries and triples your money for like a four-year contract, then you've got to take it. Yeah, but also it this depends on Napoli as well, right? So if Napoli can afford to keep hold of a couple of these players, and you don't know what these people are like in terms of loyalty, like someone like Kravashkilia, for example, if you look at his career over the last couple of years, even though he's a young player, I like was playing yeah. at Ruben Kazan, and then he goes and plays back in Georgia briefly before then coming yeah. to Napoli. That's elite scouting and also... Incredible. Incredible. You just have no idea how, how he might feel like how loyal he might feel to Napoli. Yeah, yeah. And look, if you look at this group as well, you look at like what Napoli did in this group, what's impressive about even this defeat, they lost 2-0, but the, both those goals came in the last five minutes at Anfield from close range, basically goals of attrition. And they, they had an, an, an offside, which is someone's shoulder, I think, was offside for the mm. goal. They could have very easily taken this group out with like, they could have won all six. Yeah. They could have won all six. And like, this Napoli team, the way they're being managed by Spalletti, and you look at the collective, they're fairly young. I mean, I think Politano was the oldest starter the other day. He was 29 and everyone else is like sort of 25. This is a really, really, I know it was one 27-year-old, but that's about it. But yeah, one 25-year-old, one 27-year-old, but the rest are all like 25 and, and below. It's a great unit, as you say. Like, it's a great fun team to be part of. They are favourites for the league this year and deservedly so. I think at this point we can say they're the favourites because of the way they've been playing, not just the results they've got. Not the results they've got. Every single um, Napoli fan is just like, no, Musa. Don't curse us. No, not again. Did you not learn last year? It was about this time last year just, you wrote that piece on them as well, I think. That's right. And then they've got a completely different squad now, but I'd love to see them stay together just at least one more year. Me too. The other game in this group, Ajax uh, being Rangers, 3-1 at Ibrox uh, to, uh, to cruise through to the, uh, to the Europa League. Rangers, unfortunately, have been, I think that's the worst record in Champions League group stage. But I think also it needs to be a little bit compartmentalised that because I know that they've not been playing unbelievably this season and there are a lot of people who are unhappy with Van Bronckhorst, but Napoli, Liverpool and an inform Ajax. Brutal group, brutal. There might be a question mark over the, the nature of the defeats, I think. Coming bottom yeah, isn't a problem, I think, so much. I think maybe some, the lack of resilience against, for example, uh, Liverpool. When you look at the fact that Rangers, a key to their success in the Europa League last year, was their defensive resilience, their mentality. They've lost players, we know this, but I think maybe the question mark for me would be, look, we don't expect you to win these games, but we don't expect you to pitch late like this. That's mm. what I would say. But maybe, yeah, that's one thing. Um, let's move on to a couple of questions before we bounce. So Rory Saliger said, what's the most chaotic matchup you guys want to see in the round of 16? And Nevada Cullen re- replied saying, PSG Man City, a reincarnation of Group A from last year, would be wild to have that in the round of 16. And they also followed up with another question. PSG saying, Napoli. Oh, don't, don't get now. Ah, are, there, ah. are, there, are there any revenge games you'd like to see in the knockouts of the Champions League? As a Chelsea fan, I fear a date with Leipzig. I'm sure Timo Werner would love the opportunity to tear us apart. Actually, Chelsea-Leipzig is not the worst matchup for Chelsea. Leipzig like gaps in behind. And a team like PSG should be a lot more afraid of Leipzig than Chelsea should. The way that Leipzig, I mean, Leipzig are a horrible matchup. Anyone that likes to have possession high up the pitch and have a bit of fun in the final third, they should be wary of that. I'm not a vengeful man, so revenge isn't my thing. Mm. But I I want to see Napoli-PSG. I want to see Napoli play someone really, really good in the, uh, in the first knockout stages, just because... I think they could hurt PSG. Yeah. I think they're better. They're better than PSG. I think they're... The thing with Napoli is they... We talked about Eintracht being the Ajax. I think Napoli have shown people how genuinely good they are. And I want them now. The final stage for them was always going to be a mentality. They've fixed that. They've nailed that in, in Serie A. Group stage is incredible, but the knockouts are a different beast. Napoli's final hurdle is always going to be psychological. Right? They have to just believe they can go out there and, and do this thing. Yeah, they can't fear anyone. And they, I don't, actually, I don't think they should fear no, not anyone. At all, not, at because, all, not at all. I mean, yeah, Liverpool beat them at Anfield and that's amazing for Liverpool, but it was not easy. No. And also it was a final game of a group. You know, Liverpool had to win by five to come top. Yeah. It was kind of yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. 
These aren't that chaotic. These, these teams that went through. I'd love to see Porto Inter. Actually. Oh, Ryan. Just Porto Inter as a tie, I think, would just be fucking unbelievable. The food as well. Oh, I knew you were going to say that, man. <laughs> you know what I am right now? I'm doing the sad Pikachu gif. Because he knew. The head knew down, looking up. I just knew it. I was just like, is this what my life, my life is, that's what my life is now. I was listening to Musa reply to everything about the food. The food, the food. Yeah, Porto Inter, I would love to see. I'd love to see PSG Man City just because I think for the tournament, it would be good as well. Mm. Do you know what? I'd like to see Real Madrid Dortmund. Goodness. It's 2013 all over again. It's a classic Real Dortmund. I don't know, man. Spurs Milan would be fun. Yeah. This is any, to be honest, with those teams, like I'd take anything, honestly. I really yeah, would. Definitely. Um, let's have one more question from Kieran Williams, who said, Would you guys will you guys miss the Champions League as it is with the new structuring coming? So we got one more season of this format before it changes to the Swiss model, which is just little. I love the group stages as they are. Yeah, me too, man. I, we said this as well. Like, as soon as they announced the changes, the Champions League started getting better earlier. Yes. Do you know what's going to happen though with it with the group stages with with the, with the, with the, the new model of the Champions League, the league system, the table system? You know when you go to like the main train station in like Berlin, the Hauptbahnhof, and you're looking for like the departure times for like long distance trains. It's going to be like that. Like you're going to be like looking for like your team in a timetable. It's going so to be like got just- a different, where Someone's are, got a different number, a train number to what it says on your ticket. Well, I mean like, oh, so-and-so- Shared codes and all of that. I was just like, oh no. It's, like, it's going to take the jeopardy out of it. It's going to make such a- Fixing things that aren't broken is one of football's biggest problems, but it's, it's capitalism again. Creating solutions for problems that don't exist. Seven teams are through to the last 16 who are Super League teams. Seven. The changes in the Champions League based on Super League teams, of which seven are through to the knockout stages, yeah. is like 20,000 people picking Liz Truss as Prime Minister. Yes, it's exactly what it is. Excellent shout. It's protectionism. Like you're, making, you're doing something. You're, you're, you are making a decision that is so huge to the overall infrastructure of something, and it's based on the acts or the wishes of like fucking 12 clubs. Like fuck yeah. it. Like it's. I'm, I'm, we'll do this another time because otherwise we're gonna we've got a big month ahead, right? Yeah. We've got to get a lot off our chest about the the World Cup. I don't know, man. It's just another thing that I'm dreading with football. And we we said this like at the beginning of the pandemic that like football had a moment to stop and pause and think about it, it the health of the game overall. And they pretty much fucked they every single it. fucking major decision that they needed to to think about. Yeah. The changes in the Champions League are the Tory leadership vote. That's what it is. They are. They are. Do you know what? I hope it lasts as long as Liz Trust's premiership. Yes. Can you imagine if 44 days in, they were like, actually, this is shit. We're going back to the group stage. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a kind of chaos I will sign up for. I'm here for all the chaos. Do you actually, know? do you know what? I, I, I proposed a different change to the Champions League when I, when I made my run for UEFA president. I think I'm going to go more authoritarian on it. Actually, I'm going to turn you away for into dictatorship. I'm going to be like, after four, four rounds of games, I am going to decide who I eliminate from the tournament based on vibes. <laughs> based on vibes. <laughs> I'll be like, sorry, you lot stink in the place out. You can go. Can you imagine like a Champions League though, where you just basically put all, basically all the teams qualify and no one has any awareness of how the draw is going to go until you turn up. So actually, you know what? There's, I'm not announcing the method of the draw until the night of like, so you don't, no one even knows it's group stages. Yeah. And they basically actually know what, Listen, it's straight knockout. First thing I do, right, dude, right. first thing I do when, I, when I'm, when I'm your way for president, no more televised draws. Oh, I'm definitely televised. No draws. more. I am. Do you know I'm doing Rest this? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not televising anything. I don't want anyone to know how these groups were picked. Put it that way. I will answer no questions. I'm essentially going to lock myself in a bunker. Oh, right? well, either that's what, that's gonna, where we agree. That's where we agree. I'd do that. I'd lock myself in a bunker. I'm going to essentially fix the Champions League for the next decade. And do you know what's really worrying about that? What's that? No one listening thinks that is a worse idea than what, what is actually going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know the game's gone, mate. I would do, if I was going to do Champions League, then I'd do single game knockouts, no group stages, single game knockouts from at neutral venues. 
I'd, I'd push it to such an extreme level, I would be so desperate to return to normality. If you want things to return no, to normal- see, that's bad because that's, the, the problem with that is, sorry to cut in, but that's an idea that they actually floated and that means bad. So if you're like, my idea is obviously extremely problematic and dreadful on a number of levels. And it's still it, At least it's something that UEFA haven't actually proposed yet. You're proposing something. You're just a, you're just a mouthpiece for the fucking establishment. That's what you are. You're pushing their single game knockout agenda. This is my origin. This is my origin story. This is my origin story, isn't it? It's fucking. This is the birth of uh, Musa the Okwankoro. Honestly, <laughs> I meet Musa again. He's just like, "You're Ryan. Have I done a podcast with you before?" Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, oh dear. We should bounce. We should bounce. We should I think bounce. we should bounce there. Huh? Anyway, in short, Kieran, yes, I will miss the Champions League very much as so. it is. Yeah, very much so. All right, everyone. We hope everyone is staying safe, staying well wherever you are in the world. Don't forget to check Wright's House. If you haven't already, it's up on its own feed, Wright's House. If you're having trouble still finding it, go to the Wright's House Twitter page. There is a tweet with a load of links. Don't forget to check the Stadio Archers players on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing on this absolute gem of a cover version of Ain't Nobody by Shaka Khan. Bye. Yvonne Archer. I'm uh, going to roll out to this one. Anything you want to add, Musa Kwonga? No, all good. Nothing further. Lovely. In that case, much love, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. And we'll be back with you on Monday. See you then. Have you ever seen? That's the way it was.